You are listening to the Gear 30 Podcast, a community, you could even call it a support group, for people addicted to outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. There is no shame here. In spite of what your spouse or partner may say, we believe it's okay to own five tents, seven backpacks, and 18 jackets. Our slogan, inspired by the great explorer Sir Ranolf Fiennes, is, there is no such thing as bad weather, only inappropriate gear. So if you're an aspiring outdoor adventurer, a mountain guide, or anyone in between, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Gear 30 Podcast, where we talk about outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. Today we're going to be talking about, uh, it's Brandon Chase and myself again, uh, we're talking about some of the new gear for 2019-2020 winter season that we're most excited about. Um, and maybe this will continue into the next episode because there's one piece of gear that that we were just talking about before this podcast that I think could take up our, our 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Chase, you have stronger opinions on this than the rest of us, so why don't you kick us off? All right. So Brandon mentioned we should talk about this, the new, I guess this is year two of the Salmon Shift binding. And I'm not a skier, by and the way. And he's not a but skier. But I was very impressed with this, what I saw Yeah. This binding. So the Shift is, it's an awesome binding. When they first released it, I was like, eh, is it necessary? It's not necessary. <laughs> and not, not completely necessary, right? Um, but it is cool to see a a pin binding that has a fully DIN certified toe and heel. Like it's really cool. Um, and as I've been working more with like the Icelandic crew, it's probably the most popular binding I've been seeing put on any of their skis. Um, because it is, it's a quiver killer. If you're not super weight conscious and you're only going to get one ski and that's all you're ever going to ski on, then you can take it to the resort and wear your Alpine boot, but then you can also go into the backcountry, wear your pin boot. And so it's sold as, an alpine setup it could be right? sold as yeah Leap first an alpine first um but you can tour with it yeah in other and, words, and it and it yeah. tours really well because it's a, a pin tour it's a pin binding but you have to swap out your boot um it depends i mean if if you have two different dedicated boots if you have a backcountry boot and a resort boot if you have one boot that can do both it's a it's called mnc so multi-norm compatible uh, or certified but the so only way to tour is with a pin boot. Right. Yeah, you yeah. You can't tour in an you alpine boot. You can't tour in an alpine But, like, to me, that's you shouldn't be touring in an alpine boot anyways. It's not comfortable. There's it's no heavier. Flex. There's yeah. no flex. So it, it really, the more I think about the binding, the more I, I see it does have a place in the market um, as, like, a quiver killer. If you're only going to do one binding and you're not really weight conscious, it's great. It's a great option for a resort ski or a backcountry ski. Well, Greg, what was the um, the binding? It was on a lot of the skis we sent out at for touring up at Weber State. It was, the, was it the Fritchie? The Fritchie Freeride, which yeah. was the main like that was sort of the first iteration of something like this, and it took hold. Like uh, everybody right toured in that. Right. Yeah, and they've kind of yeah, yeah. because you know back then. The touring boots that had that were tech compatible weren't that great to ski in. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't that good on the downhill, and so 
Um, you really didn't see many people skiing on a touring boot, except the occasional ski patroller skiing on those old Scarpa Denali's. Um, but really, it's like there wasn't a, a good touring boot that skied really well downhill. There was always a compromise. And so you didn't really see people touring much in a Dinafit binding. He saw Alpinist mountaineers doing it. Um, he saw really, really dedicated backcountry skiers, but you didn't really see the crowd that likes to ski resorts and, and side country and stuff. In that, you always saw them in Fritchies because then they could use a proper ski boot for the downhill and get good performance. That's not the case anymore. I mean, the boots now ski ridiculously well downhill, hike ridiculously well uphill, and really there's not that much compromise. There's a little bit of compromise, but not that much compromise. And so for me, I just ski my backcountry skis with tech bindings in the resort all the time, and it's fine. But there are occasions where I'm skiing a little extra aggressively, and I kind of think, and man, it would be nice to have just a slightly taller, slightly stiffer resort boot right now. Mm -hmm. And um, but all of my skis just have tech bindings on them. I don't have, and so the Solomon shift would make sense to me. It's like if I had a resort boot, I wouldn't mind that. If I had a resort boot and I could ski all of my skis in the resort and the backcountry, that'd be sweet. But you can go so. Uh, it's so, so funny because I don't ski, but but the shift binding is um, can can take. Uh, I don't know. I guess the your most punishing alpine in resort day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then who, who's the competition? Because there's very similar binding on the well, market. Yeah, marker marker just released the the Duke Duke PT. Yeah, and I haven't skied on it, so I can't. I mean, like, but I have formulated an opinion already <laughs> um, <laughs> for the show, of course. So yes, there's some of the benefits of the Duke over the shift. Um, it goes to a 16 din. Hmm, who needs that? <laughs> no, I mean I think a 13 din is plenty. Is high. That, what's your din? Because you're I ski like yeah, I weigh 150, and I ski like if I'm skiing hard a nine. Mm. Like you know, I 16. Uh, yeah, it goes up Ooh. to a 16. Yeah, to some me, of, some of us that you know ski a little more aggressively, a little better <laughs> and stuff. We need a 16 din. Exactly. But people like Chase nine is good enough. Yeah, like some people do need that. Some people are dropping way bigger drops than I do, and you know I can see that. But very, very, very few people need <laughs> like, that. Like if if Chris Maybe Ben like Chetler, three hundred pound, six foot eight guy needs that. Yeah, dropping like, cliffs. Like Drop look at yeah, right. look at Chris Ben Chetler and Sage Cotterbringa-Losa and all those guys that ski on the shift. They ski on a shift and it goes to a thirteen, Dan. So, I, from face value, that's one advantage that they have over the shift. Um, one of the disadvantages is they have a, the removable toe piece, so. When you're in that fully certified din for your frame binding for downhill skiing, you have it has this little toe cap on there, and to go into tour mode, you have to take the toe cap off to expose the pins. Like you have to take your gloves off. I'm sure you take I the mean, toe cap off, and even if you have to keep your gloves on, <laughs> you have to take a coat toe cap and not off. lose it in the snow, and yeah. So that exposes one problem of one, you have to take the toe off. Yeah. Um, two, it's an extra piece now to drop in the snow or potentially get lost or, I don't, or 
put it in your pocket and then crash on it and you, get a gouge in your ribs. Freaking break open your kidney, or your lungs, <laughs> not your kidney. <laughs> Downhill fast. <laughs> All right. The other thing is, I mean, Brandon, you can speak to this one. Um, when you're going uphill, you're collecting ice and you're collecting different things on your, your binding, right? Yeah. And you have caracorum bindings for split boarding. Yeah. In theory, they're great, but as soon as you try on to On paper, step, they're the greatest invention on earth. But once you try to step into them, they're iced up. They and, don't work. Exactly. Yeah. I, I could potentially see that problem happening with this. Yep. It ices up, snow with gets... With the shift? With No, with the marker. With the marker, okay. Um, shift has no removable pieces. Yeah. This one has that removable piece, so now you're trying to, to get this frame this toe piece put onto your binding at the top and i mean how many times do you have perfect conditions on the peak not very often it's usually windy sometimes it's dumping snow there's all these different conditions so now you're trying to get this toe piece put on there in weird conditions and there might be ice in there to me it's just like i i don't i do not even want to try to deal with an uh, a piece that i had to take on and off to ski um now i'm looking at the pictures here and it looks like some people are touring with that toe piece just flipped forward, but still on there. Okay. Do you know, um, I mean, it's just a picture. Maybe maybe they're not actually touring uh, with it that way, but do you know, is that, I know it's removable, yeah. but are, do they say you're supposed to remove I, it before I you have, tour? Or? I don't know. I know one of the big things is it's nice to, if you take it off, you're losing some weight on your binding. Sure. I mean, this picture right here has the guy. Um, and they're they're removed. They're not on right. not on that right. binding. So, I don't know. Even if, even if you don't take it off, if it comes off, is it gonna is it gonna pop off somehow? You know, while you're going uphill. Right. Right. Um, I, I don't, so many unknowns. I haven't written them, but just from looking at their their promo video and kind of the binding, like one of the advantages is you can shed some weight and put it in your backpack. It's easier to carry weight on your back than it is on your foot. So when you're going uphill, you have a lighter binding on. Uh, I don't know that it, it's already kind of a heavy binding. So if you're gonna if you're gonna be carrying that weight anyways, I I would. This is just my opinion. I'd go with the shift. I just think it's a very well engineered um, binding. T- to me, Marker released this because like oh, they we've got competition. Compete, yeah. We have to release something. Solomon, talking to the Solomon rep last night, they they went through 1,000 prototypes before they released the Solomon binding. Whoa. And then they were then they waited an additional year because they were supposed for to release testing. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had they gave it to every one of their athletes and they abused it for an additional they they abused it for a year before the original release date and then the original release date came and they decided to go another year out and get a whole other season on that binding and wow. to make some tweaks to it and I re- was it seven years seven he said seven years from start to finish and over a thousand prototypes which wow. is like That's it crazy. really it really is like its own type of binding like there's nothing else that really exists like it out there looking at how it functions and just the way that that pin moves back and forth and it, it is a cool engineering feat for lack of better words um no oh, it was and even you know our employees were we're trying to just switch the from tour mode and stuff and it was they were like what is this thing what are we looking at how do what button <laughs> it, do i push it's so and, different yeah. once you know how to use the binding it's super simple and again for those that are looking for a quiver killer one binding to do it all i think it's great when you are just this like ski junkie and you have multiple skis for multiple things 
I would say go with Dinafit pin bindings for touring and get a regular frame Alpine binding for your resort. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you're going to save weight with that backcountry <laughs> binding, you don't compromise much with it. If you're if you're going to go into the backcountry, you're going to be doing really really crazy stuff. You're probably sponsored, and you can get some shifts for free anyways, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, yeah. I I think it has a place if you're looking, like I said, that one quiver ski. But if you have multiple skis, I still am on the opinion of get a Dinafit binding that skis really well in the backcountry, and then get a frame binding and stick out to the resort. But I, I think it's cool that there's competition in the market. Markers trying to, to push and. What's the price point of both those? Um, the shifts are, the shift seven. Six hundred. Six hundred, and then I, I'm sure that I haven't looked at the price of the marker. Um, Let me look it up. I'm on backcountry.com, but I need to ooh, go to rei.com yeah. to <laughs> look it up oh, so geez. that I can see the price. Um, so the. Um, the Griffin or the, the Duke PT, it, well, it weighs 1200 grams. I believe the, what's the Duke? So the, the, the Duke is the marker one. Oh, the marker the one. Dar- okay. The Duke, it's tw- a it's thousand grams on the uphill mode and 1280 on the downhill mode. I believe the shift is like around 12 to 1300. So the Duke PT, I'm guessing it's not out yet, right? I don't think so, because so I can't see a price. I'm not seeing it on any websites. Available fall 2020. That's all I see. Fall 2020. Oh, yeah, so that's next year. Oh, yeah, that's a year out. <laughs> that's oh, why. That makes sense. <laughs> Interesting. That's weird <laughs> that they released that so early. I just barely saw that. But... But 600 maybe, for the shift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which really isn't that bad, because that's, that's right in line with some of the Dina fits for, uh, like, the higher-end Dina fits. So, anyway. Cool. Well, I mean, I think there's I think there's uh, uh, some good things to consider there when it comes to the Duke versus the, the Shift. Now, like you, Chase, I, I would say I haven't really met anyone that needs a 16-DIN. I remember back in the day... 10 years ago or so, there was a guy that came into a shop I was working at, that's maybe even long, maybe 15 years ago. He was probably like 270 pounds and skied hard, like super hard. And he came in, bought skis, bought bindings, we mounted them up, came back at the end of the day, and the bindings had ripped out because he was dropping like 50 foot cliffs at Snow Basin. The dude's big. And he had ripped the binding out. So then we put helicoils in, and he ripped the other binding out that didn't have helicoils. So we put helicoils in both skis. We um, epoxied everything. I mean, he was just, like, skiing super hard, so hard that he was ripping the binding right out of the out of the ski. That Dang. dude might have used, might have maybe could have used a 16-din. What the ski time. was he on? What's uh, he was on a black diamond ski, I believe. He had a black diamond boot at the time. I think he might have been on a black diamond ski. Um, oh, props to the ski. Keeping yeah. up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, it and you know, it was it was crazy. Like he he was here visiting from somewhere for a week, mm. and the ski made it through the week. But I don't think it would have lasted <laughs> much longer. He bought a and, ski for just the week. Yeah. Well. I think he bought a ski. Yeah, I think he did oh. to ski for the week. But um, 
but yeah, I mean, he, he really trashed it. And, but I don't think he was like necessarily being abusive. I think he was a big dude that skied really hard Mm -hmm. and, um, he had his bindings cranked down as tight as they'd possibly go and dropping clip. He was literally in the shop every day at the end of the day. Like, Hey, this is what happened to my ski. Can you (laughs) fix this? Like, yeah, we could probably do fix this. And, and then the next day, Hey, it happened to the other ski. Could you fix this? Yeah, we can. Hey, I've got some issues here. Can you fix this? And every, every day after skiing, he was like in, it, it was cool. He was a cool dude and it was fun to kind of get to know him. And all of us were just like, Oh. Man, I want to ski with this dude. What yeah, is he yeah, doing? Real. What yeah. is he doing? It was pretty cool. But anyway, he might have been able to use a 16 din. I've never really met anybody else that's really needed a 16 din. Mm-hmm. It's like when I really don't want my boots to come out. I'm 200 pounds. I I like to think that I ski pretty hard. If I really don't want my boots to come out, maybe I'm cranking them down to 12. <laughs> yeah. That's wild. So anyway, cool. All right, well, well. That's the Solomon Shift and the Marker Duke PT. So the Solomon Shift, would you say that's one of the pieces of gear that you're real excited about for this winter? Eh, not necessarily. I think it's really, really... <laughs> <laughs> Way to sell it. Wait, that Way was a whole episode, it, Chase. Chase. That, was, okay. that was it. I We're, think it's... The show is called <laughs> The Shift. That's what I this think, episode is. I think it's super, super cool, oh. and I'm excited about it, but personally, I'm not going to buy it. It's not going to be oh, a piece of gear yeah. that I'm going to use. So you're going to have an inbound resort binding and exactly. a Dina Fit binding for the back. I have dedicated skis for different things. So, like, okay. yeah, I no. It's really cool. Um, and maybe in the future I will get a ski that I can do both on, but for Chase right now. Chase is like sponsored and stuff, so he has whatever. <laughs> I was going to say, even. Chase, so what skis are you skiing on inbounds and the backcountry? <laughs> Let me guess. So Icelandic. Icelandic. <laughs> oh, huh. That's oh, look at your hat. Whoa, mm. crazy. Wait a minute. Icelandic. Wait, oh, okay, Icelandic. so uh, what? So you are a fan of Icelandic. Yeah. Did you get a new pair of skis this year from them? Two new pairs. Two. Okay. <laughs> which of the two are you more stoked on? Ooh, that's tough. Yeah, that's probably. Which Which son or daughter is your favorite? <laughs> kind of question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, wow, that put it in perspective. <laughs> I always ask my mom, "Who's your favorite?" And I didn't think yeah. it was that hard to just say Chase. Right. But 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 it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I'd probably say the Icelandic Natural One Hundred and One. Is that your backcountry? Yeah. Yeah. Um, super excited right on that. It's. It's a lightweight ski for the uphill, but it's capable on the downhill. It's a Polonia core. It's not like a really flimsy, lightweight ski. Um, 31's a, 31 millimeters of rocker up front and f- 2 millimeters, 5 millimeters of camber underfoot. So it's got like a good profile to it with a flat tail. So it, it can crush. So you, can't, you can't ski backwards in the backcountry? I mean, back, I, dot, dot, dot. I will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's just like a. You just have to press on your toes to get the tails up pretty. Yeah, high I don't enough. ski in backwards in the backcountry. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it, I mean, I'll teach you this. Shirt it's you want. it's yeah. got a. <laughs> it's got a rocker tip, but it's more of a flat, like a tail. I should say it's it's more flat, and so it's got a little bit of rise in the tail, but it just allows you to to glide through powder. But when you get into like the boilerplate, the just the hard pack, crappy, cruddy condition which we often experience in the backcountry, it still can hold an edge and it's really, really capable. So I'm excited to try that one out for sure. 
Cool. Have you skied that one before? I have, yeah. At the I dem- like a demo day? Yeah, I ski with just like an alpine binding on it. And that's actually one thing we've been seeing is a lot of customers have been putting um, either the shift. The shift's been the most popular binding on that ski. But also alpine bindings because it's light, but it still really holds an edge. Hmm. So Nice. But Sweet. yeah, I'm excited about that ski. It's going to be fun. All right. We just salvaged that segment because... We spent the first 20 minutes talking about the shift binding, and then you're like, yeah, I don't really like it that much. <laughs> okay, no, I like it. I really like it, but I'm not going to purchase it. <laughs> it's okay. not not what I'm most excited about this year. But for someone who wants one binding to do it all, that is the I, binding to buy. I really do think so. Okay, yeah. cool. All right, well, thanks for joining us today for this podcast. Uh, if you, let's see, we've got Instagram. Follow us on Instagram, uh, at gear underscore three zero. Like us on Facebook. Um, and if you are shopping for a new binding, new skis, new backcountry gear for this winter, or even skis that you can ski at the, at the resort, or boots for the resort, any of that stuff, check out gear30.com. That's spelled out G-E-A-R-T-H-I-R-T-Y.com. And uh, also, please subscribe to the podcast and leave us a favorable review so that others can find us as well. Favorable, please. Five-star favorable. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the next episode. See you out there.